Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. Here's more about our sponsors. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, including reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, all designed to help you improve from tea to green. Good morning. Welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Symmetra, LPGA, and Legends Tour, and so many others, helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf. Uh, I, of course, am Ted Odorico, and right alongside of is my partner in crime, if you will, and good friend, LPGA professional, Cindy Miller. Welcome back, Cindy. Well, thank you, darling. How are you? I'm doing very well. So you were you were off raising some funds. Tell us a little bit about that I before was. we start. Well, my son Jamie is on the board of Children's Hospital in Buffalo, New York, and I don't know if you know, but Josh Allen donated like four hundred thousand dollars to Children's wow. Hospital last year. So his number is seventeen for the Buffalo Bills. And the hospital thought, wouldn't it be cool if we played 117 holes? So he said, Mother, you need to help me do this. And I said, okay. So he had a very low goal. He wanted to raise 7500 I go, why don't you raise $11,117? He's like, oh, that's a good idea. So uh, he ended up raising over $15,500. And wow. I um, I thought I was going to play at first, but then they wanted me to caddy. So I caddied for mm. uh, a group that paid to play with Jamie because Jamie's better than I am, even though I'm more fun. And so I got to caddy for a couple <laughs> of guys that are CEOs of major companies. And um, Jamie made eight birdies and an eagle in that 18 holes. I'm like, thank you very much. And uh, then I got to play 18 holes at the end, his last 18 holes of the day. So it was a lot of fun. Wow. They raised $132,000 for the hospital. So there you go. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. Uh, congratulations to everybody that participated. Uh, you know, it's always nice to hear stuff like that. And that's one of the things I love about this game is they do so many great things like this to give back within their communities. And uh, so kudos to the Miller family for stepping up and, and raising some uh, some well-deserved dollars for a worthy cause. You guys did great. And um, I just wish you had to played all 117 holes. I think that would have been great. Right? You might not have made it. Well, this, yeah, you may not have made it this week, but what the heck, right? <laughs> yeah, they they walked 68,000 steps in 35 miles. Kind wow. of a long way. And I, did, I was yeah. riding in the cart caddying. And I still did 18,000 steps. So there wow. you go. Let's burn some calories. <laughs> impressive. Go have some ice cream. <laughs> That's right. 
All right, we got a great show. Yeah, exactly. We got a great show for everybody. We're going to start off. We're going to welcome here in just a, a second or two uh, our latest winner off the Symmetra Tour. She just won this past weekend's uh, Island Resort Championship, her first win. And uh, and then a little bit later on, you and I are going to we're going to drop the 90 day challenge in the no BS zone this after or the second half of the show. So let me introduce our very special guest uh, to start things up. Uh, her name is Morgan uh, Metro. She is a native of Switzerland. And uh, she uh, attended Florida State University, where she had a career, uh, one of the third lowest score averages of 73.18 in the school's history. Uh, She also captured three collegiate victories and is one of only four Seminoles to ever record three or more career wins. Uh, She also uh, started her professional and Symmetra Tour debut, debut, excuse me, in 2018 at the Four Wins Invitational. Uh, she made 11 cuts and 13 starts in a rookie season in 2018. And then on uh, 2020, which, of course, last year, she made six cuts and eight starts on the ladies' uh, European tour uh, in 2020 with a season-best 10th at the inaugural Saudi Ladies International. So uh, let's congratulate and welcome our winner, Cindy, of the uh, Island Resort Championship, Morgan Metro. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you for being our guest. Holy cow, good job. Thank you. Yeah, congratulations. Let me let me just start off real quick uh, before we get into uh, just a little side note. And I was doing a little research before we, we came on. And um, Morgan has a sister, Kim, who also plays... Uh, golf as well. Why don't you tell us a little bit about her and you uh, growing up, and does she also play professional? Yes, so she also plays professional. Um, Right now she's playing on the Ladies European Tour, Um, so she's uh, mostly back in Europe. Um, But yeah, we we grew up, we started playing exactly at the same time. I was 10 and she was 12, so she's two years older than me. Um, she's actually a lefty, so it's, there's the biggest difference between the two of us. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been fun. We've always uh, played together, uh, supported each other, and it's great to share uh, our passion with somebody this close to us. Um, and yeah, we even went to college together. You did? Wow. Yeah, you, I think, oh yeah, they roomed together. Yeah, so we actually were there all four years together in the team um, playing together. So it was a lot of fun. Let me ask you a question because uh, had you been in the United States before you went to college for any length of time? I had come one time for a holiday, um, but other than that, only the, the visits. So not really. I hadn't really experienced the the country um, before coming to live here. So I think that probably was helpful to have a sister, you know, that could speak the same language and know how you feel, like your best friend being with you at all times. Yes? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Especially at the beginning, the first year or so, um, it was great to to have some part of the family with me at all times. And... um, yeah, living together, we had our little home away from home, so um, it was a little bit of comfort there and not having everything new around me. Now, did she come two years before you? 
Um, no, actually, so we only had one year uh, difference in school, and she decided to have a gap year b- before college, so uh, we could actually go together. What a great wow. idea. <laughs> what a nice big sister. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's that's oh, unusual. That's, awesome. that's great. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Well, and the, and the cool thing, I'm assuming, obviously, you, since you mentioned that she's a lefty, you're a righty, so you guys are basically a mirror image of one another, right? I mean, you could practice together and actually work on your, your swings together facing one another, <laughs> and uh, you're basically a, a mirror opposite of one another. So I think that would be kind of kind of cool for practice sessions too because you can kind of keep an eye on one another and, and uh, learn from one another you know, without having to turn around or, or what have you. So I think that would be pretty cool. So let's talk about your win. Um, this was your first Symmetra win at the Island Resort Championship. How did you feel coming into this event? Um, how was your game overall? And what was your thought process coming into this game, into this uh, tournament? Yeah, um, I was really uh, confident for that week. Uh, my game was in a great place. Um, the last event we had played, I finished tied for fifth. Um, my long game had been extremely good. Um, I had lacked a little bit on my putting. Um, so we had a week off between that event and going up to um, the Island Resort Championship. So that week I really spent working a lot on my putting and my stroke, um, my technique, etc. And so, yeah, I felt really confident, really good about the, my game and uh, my chances for that week. Very good. Now, you also mentioned here, I was reading some of the notes that, and I'm assuming this is obviously referring to the to the final round, that uh, the first couple of holes you were a little bit nervous because you weren't quite playing uh, your best game like you were the last couple of days. Uh, explain what, what, what sort of changed because uh, you came in pretty strong and then all of a sudden, you, you, it seems that you know you were a little bit uh, off your game. What what happened? Yeah, so um, the first couple of holes, um, Anya was three off the lead, and that's kind of what I focused on. I was kind of comparing myself a little bit to the other girls I was playing with um, in terms of score, and instead of just playing my game and trying to shoot the lowest score possible. Um, and I actually had to make a bogey all week, um, the first two rounds. And so one of my goals for the third day was to still not make a bogey. And that would be a first for me, not making a single bogey in a tournament. Um, mm-hmm. and then on seven, the par three, I actually ended up bogeying that hole. So that kind of, um, reset my mind, um, trying to think, okay, I, I need to stop thinking, um, score and comparing my score to the other girls um, and, and that's when I thought I need to just play my own game and that's how it's worked the last two days so why not do it again and that's that's kind of what I um, focused on for the rest of the day um, Yeah, I gotta hate those bogeys when they creep into a round um, but sometimes they can they can work as a a catapult, if you will, to launch you into playing even better, and it sounds like it worked for you. Let me ask you, I want to go back real, real quickly um, to you and your sister for just a second, and then, Cindy, I'll, I'll pass it back to you. Um, you obviously both grew up playing a lot together. 
what did you learn from one another in, in playing the game? What did she teach you, if anything, and what did you teach her um, that's helped you at this point in your career? What do you recall? Yeah, I think more than anything, um, it's just always keeping it fun. Um, we always have little competitions between the two of us. Um, we we always, uh, when we practice together, kind of, yeah, have have little contests and, and, and try to push each other forward, but just always in a fun manner. Um, and I think, I think that's the biggest thing for us is just, really enjoying the game for, for what it is. It's a game, right? And, um, and mm. keeping it fun. Yeah, I think that's uh, spot on. I think having a positive attitude like that um, is, is going to serve you very well, both of you. Um, Cindy, go ahead. <clears throat> What's the best part of your game? Um, it's probably putting. Um, that's, that's always been a strong part of my game. Wow. No one has ever mm-hmm. said that. That's awesome. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody said, you know, my ball striking, my driver, I hit it far. Good for you because putting can save you. Can oh, it? yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. When I played on tour, I didn't hit it that good. But, um, yeah, I could get it up and down from about anywhere, which is great. What do you love about playing the tour? Um, there's different things. Uh, obviously, competing every week and, and doing this for a job is, is extremely exciting. I feel very lucky um, to be to be playing for a living. Um, but then also visiting so many places, traveling. Um, I mean, I, I was lucky enough to travel uh, around the whole world pretty much, Um I mean, places like Australia, Japan, um, I would have never gone if it wasn't for golf. So, yeah, experience other cultures and, and just seeing the whole world is extremely exciting for me. Very interesting. Um, Cindy, have you got another one or do you want me to go ahead? Yeah, I said, and what do you do for fun? Sorry. Um, I actually grew up playing the piano a lot. Um, that was kind of my my thing before golf came into the picture. Um, so when I have the chance when I'm home, um, I like to play the piano a bunch. Um, and then uh, playing other sports. And I'm a little bit of a couch potato sometimes when I'm home, when I'm not on the road. Um, so I... I try to be on weeks off, not be too active just to recharge the batteries. But um, um, during the off-season, um, I'll play a lot of other sports. And in the winter, I'll go ski and, and do things like that. Awesome. Awesome. Sometimes it's good just to get away. And exactly. Go, I call go stupid for a little bit. Ted, go ahead. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I'm not even going to respond to that one. <laughs> um, so, so Morgan, let me ask you. Um, you obviously earned an exemption into the Evian Championship, which is uh, next month, which is the fourth major in the LPGA Tour this year. Um, and you, you, there's a quote here that says the Evian Championship is my little girl dream. Um, obviously, you. Uh, grew up across uh, the lake from it, and uh, that's your sort of first event you ever went to. 
uh, and it was sort of a big big deal for you. And as you call it, that was the uh, uh, sort of the cherry on top. Um, what is it about now? That was the first event. What was it that really impressed you when you were at that event? I think it was just the whole. Um, so I, I was relatively young, and and I think it was the whole experience of seeing the best in the world and and just just seeing greatness around me, um, seeing all the grandstands, the fans, and it was just yeah, the, it, it's a whole, it's an atmosphere, and and. I mean, I was too young to really appreciate the level of golf that was being played, um, but just yeah, seeing seeing the golf stars out there and um, and being inspired by them was really what struck me. Who did you, um, from a golf standpoint, who did you? I don't want to say admire, but who impressed you and and sort of helped inspire in, in a way to you doing what you're doing now who out on tour at that time when you were growing up uh did you see that really sort of created that spark for you yeah um i've always been a massive fan of roy McIlroy. um i i love the way he plays and i like to be um focusing on technique a lot because i like my my whole game but my swing especially to um, to be technically sound, and I feel like my opinion is that his swing is is um, technically almost perfect, um, and and it just looks like a swing that I would love to have. Um, so yeah, I've just always um, admired him, and and um, yeah, love love the way he goes around with golf. And it doesn't hurt that he has pretty great hair too. So. You know, I mean, he's a, a nice-looking young man, so I think that's uh, that's some incentive too. I'm I'm saying that out of jealousy because I wish I had hair like his. Um, but you know, that's great. <laughs> that, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Um, so, what was the turning point for you? I mean, you you obviously went to the Evian Championship, as you said, uh, when you were a little bit younger, and it really impressed you. What was the point? What was the defining point that you said, you know, to your parents and maybe, uh, you know, to to your sister and whatnot, said that you know this is something that I want to do? Was it that moment at the at that championship that kind of said to me that's what I want to do, um, or was there a later point? What was the defining moment for you? Yeah, at the time, it's exactly what happened. Um, I remember being there with. Um, my uh, club uh, teacher at the time um, when I had just started playing really. Um, and, and I was telling her, Oh, this, th- you know, this is, this is what I, I want to be here one day. And and I remember actually this place exactly. And, and I have this like picture of this moment in my head, uh, always have done since. And I mean, I had just started playing golf. So saying that at the time didn't feel real because obviously I wasn't very good. Um, but I've always had this image, um, of, of this moment where I realized this is something I, I would want to pursue. Well, I think it's always, um, you know, it's good to sort of look back and reflect at that moment because that sort of sets the, the, the tone, if you will, for what happens moving forward. What do you what do you most want? Obviously you want to win tournaments and, and that's, uh, but what, what's your, your long-term goal with golf? Is this something that you want to 
play until the point you can't, or have you thought about maybe at some point a little bit later on in your career, maybe getting into the teaching side as well and doing something to kind of give back? What are your long-term goals, or do you have any? Um, yeah, so uh, a little bit shorter term, obviously this year, uh, my goal is, is to make that top 10 and, and get my crown on the LPGA. Um, and then a little bit longer term, um, I mean, as as a player, uh, what you want to do is win majors. So that's that's a big one on my list. Um, I love team events as well. So being in a Solheim Cup is definitely something I, I dream about and, and something that um, I hope I can make uh, happen one day. Um, and, yeah, I I haven't put myself a limit in terms of years. Um, I know I mm-hmm. want to, you know, have a family later on. Um, I don't know when exactly. Um, but, yeah, so I haven't quite thought that far yet. I just, you know, one step at a time. Well, that's good. It's always good to do that. Not You want to always look down the road. Um, and I can imagine probably the ultimate payback or payout for you would would be your sister and you being on a Solheim Cup team. Wouldn't that be fantastic? That would be amazing. I, we actually have played a lot of team events together for Switzerland. Um, so we actually have a little bit of experience of playing um, match play together in in different mm-hmm. formats. Um, so, I mean, it would, it would just – it would be – amazing um definitely i think that would be a massive highlight for for our careers and our life in general i think that would be as well um cindy go ahead dislike about playing for a living what's the hardest part i let's put it this way not dislike what's the hardest part about living on the road every week yeah so i think there's two things one is is being away from home, away from my family, um, away from, yeah, you know, the, the people I love the most and, and, and just, yeah, just even living in another country. Um, and then the other thing is just the traveling part. I love actually being in other places, but the packing, the early wake-up calls to get <laughs> on planes and, you know, I mean, I'm not complaining because it goes with it and, and and I love what I do, but those two things are definitely the the two hardest things. Got it. Mm. And when will you see your sister again? Um, yeah, I'm actually, I wasn't planning on going home this early, but um, going to the Evian, it makes me, uh, made me change my flight yesterday to go back. Um, so I'll definitely see her there um, while going back to, to go play in the event. Now, will she caddy for you? Or will you have a professional caddy? Um. No, I think I will have a professional caddy. Um, she has caddied for me before, and I have caddied for her. Um, but I don't think right – I mean, now we both have our, some caddies that we know and that we've worked with, so I think just Got having it. her support is going to be great. Got it. Cool. Ted? I think that's fantastic, and I think that um, she'll – certainly uh, be cheering you on to say the least uh, in that event Um, and I think it's uh, you know it's kind of interesting to come full circle like that because that's kind of where you began at that event and now as you said you um, are kind of putting a cherry on top and and now having a chance to play uh, in that very same event that that kind of ignited that spark in you so I think that's fantastic 
Um, so you're, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, if I've read the schedule correctly, uh, Symmetra is off this week, is that correct? And then they're back uh, next week at the Prasco. Are you playing in the Prasco, or are you going to be gone? No, I'm actually playing in it, yes. So I'm home this week in Orlando, and I'll be traveling to Cincinnati next week. So what are you going to do this week when you're home? I mean, um, let me let me ask you the obvious question. So you, you just came off of a win. This is your first win on Symmetra. So obviously you're very, very excited. How are you going to celebrate? What Have you have you done anything yet, or are you going to wait a little bit longer and maybe uh, wait and get back with your family and, and friends and things to, to sort of throw one down, as it were? Uh, what are you going to do to celebrate this win? Yeah, I think I think the biggest celebration is going to be when I go back home and I get to share it with my family. Um, so that's definitely when when I will properly celebrate it. Are you going to treat yourself to something just a little something special just for you in in a memorial of this of this win? Um, you know, I was thinking about it. I I probably will. I don't know what yet, but I I think I will. Just a little something to mark the occasion. Yeah. I think that I would think be. I think that would. I do. I do, and and we'll help you pick it out if you want. Um, no, I think <laughs> that. I think that. I think that's fantastic. Well, Morgan, congratulations again. I think it's uh, awesome uh, for multiple reasons. Uh, it's always nice to to put that first win uh, sort of under your belt, and and it, it leaves a lot of of pressure. I mean, obviously, you know deep down that you can do it, uh, but this sort of just puts a, a an exclamation point on and say, I know I can do it. Um, but it's also exciting that you have a sister who also plays and you can kind of feed off of one another's uh, um, experiences and enjoyment and fulfillment of the game. And it's kind of nice to have that special person in your life uh, that can share and understand uh, one another exactly what you go through each week. Cause that's not always easy for people that don't play golf uh, they don't really, they say, oh, it's just, you know, you're out there and, and boy, what a life and all that. But they don't realize that there's a lot of, uh, in addition to the ups, as Cindy pointed out, there's some downs too sometimes. And it's nice to have somebody close like that that can really relate and understand what you go through and vice versa. So I think that's awesome that you two uh, have grown up together, enjoying this great game together. And I think both of you will have a very successful career moving forward. And congratulations again. Well, thank you so much. And, and thanks for having me this morning. Congrats. All right. Keep going. Thank you. Thanks. You're welcome. All right. right. Thanks. Thanks, Morgan. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right. Morgan Metro. What a nice young lady, don't you think? I mean, just it always impresses me, you know, when we talk to these young girls, just how together, um, you know, they really are. And, you know, the fact that, they're they're just very humble too. You know what I mean? Like it just, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but I guess that's probably the best way to explain it. They're very, very humble. You know, they're out there. They know they've got to do whatever they got to do to get done. Um, But there, there doesn't never seem to be like a tone of arrogance about them. They're just happy to be there, excited to, to be doing something that they really enjoy. And I like the fact um, that she said that, you know, it's only a game and she wants to have fun doing it. And I think that's key. Don't you agree? I do agree. I do agree. I think they all understand how difficult it is to make a living out there. Mm-hmm. And I yep. think they all understand that there has to be some magic when it comes to winning. 
you know, yep. the the breaks that you get that are bad don't happen when you win. <clears throat> it's kind of no. like it's supposed to be. And and you have to take the good with the bad because there's so much more bad than there is good. And I think mm-hmm. they know that. And that's why it's a long-term effort. You know, it, she's not thinking, oh, I'm going to get married next year. No, I, I'm doing this. I want to play in major championships. I want to be on the Solheim yep. Cup team. You know, the family's coming after 30. Right. Right, exactly. You know what I well, mean? And, and you know what? Right, exactly. And that's, you know, that's smart because she's, um, she's focusing what, on what she needs to do now. Obviously, that's something that she would love to have, as she pointed out, but she's not, it's not constantly weighing in the back of her mind. She's saying, okay, I'm going to set this aside for now. I'm going to do what I need to do here. I'm going to focus on the things I need to focus on. And when that time comes, you know, then that'll be, you know, more of a priority in my life. Um, you know, to, to be able to settle down and have a family. But right now, I'm okay with that not being part of my life because I'm enjoying what I'm doing right now, so I'm going to savor every moment. Something that really stuck out to me, and I don't know if, if you see this or not, but, you know, we, we talk about sometimes the difficult times. And, and one of the things that, you know, she emphasized on was the fact that she wanted to continue that bogey-free uh, you know, feeling, if you will, and obviously we know that doesn't always happen. Um, but this tells me a lot about her character because when she did on that hole number seven, as she said, had that bogey, she didn't let it change. I mean, she could have very easily, uh, you know, changed her mindset, and instead she said, no, it's okay, you know what, I had this, but I'm going to keep sticking with what I need to do, and she won and obviously ultimately ended up winning the tournament. So she didn't let that, and that's important. I mean, as you said a moment ago, you know, you're going to have a lot more downs than you do ups, but it's those that recognize and learn from those particular moments that are able to move on and continue to play. Because, I mean, we've talked to a few here where they've really kind of gotten down, and I know it's only one bogey, but, you know, they kind of get down in the dumps. It starts with one little situation, and then it just escalates, and the next thing you know, you know, they're talking about dropping out of the tour and not playing anymore and that sort of thing. And I think that she really has understood the fact that it is just a game. And she knows that she's going to have some bad moments, but she's got enough inner strength to say, you know what, onto the next hole, onto the next shot, what have you, I'm not going to let this one bad hole define who I am this tournament. And I think it served her very well. Don't you agree? Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Perfect. All right, we're going to move on to the no BS zone here in just a moment, but here's a quick message from Golf Tips Magazine. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, simple-to-follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews, golf destinations and travel tips for every budget, and so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to GolfTipsMag.com and subscribe today. All right. Um, We're going to talk about Cindy today, uh, and I'm going to lay out the steps here in, in just a few moments. Um, 
I've done this in the past with a number of different students, and I don't know, you may have done something similar, uh, but this is a 90-day challenge, and I figured since we're coming into the summer now, uh, you know, everywhere pretty much has opened up, everybody's out playing golf, I thought this would be something great to sort of introduce to the listeners of the show for them to try. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to lay this out, and then we'll we'll have a little bit of discussion. So uh, I call this the 90-day challenge, and I truly believe, and I think you would probably agree, that this is going to help the average golfer really dial in their short game. Uh, and there's three steps to this, and I think if you do that, you're going to start to see your handicap come down. And and it also makes it a little bit more fun practice because you know here's here's some of the challenges that we have. Um, is it's, it's very difficult to sort of organize yourself in practice. So what I, what I would suggest you do is, uh, is jot down these steps and create yourself a little uh, sheet or a chart, if you will, that you can take with you to the course. Or if you uh, sometimes there's some, some uh, ways that you can do it on your phone as well. You can record this information. But truly, I think if you do this, it'll really help. So step one is what I call 20. Uh, as I said, there's three steps. So what I, what I really recommend everybody doing is sort of pacing off, uh, go to your, your, obviously your local uh, course or driving range uh, and has a, a practice screen and pace off 20 feet uh, on, the, you know, on the, uh, the practice screen. So you're going to obviously putt in this particular case. Um, and you can use multiple directions to kind of mix things up depending on how the, the green's laid out. And what I'm suggesting is in the step one is hit 20 to 30 20-foot lag putts, keeping the ball within a three-foot circle around whatever pin that you've checked. Um, that's going to help with your lag putting. It's going to help you with distance and speed control. Then I want you to pace off 20 feet from that pin, uh, obviously not on the green, but uh, moving off the green, and hit 20 to 30 chip shots. And then ultimately do the same thing pace off 20 yards from the green and hit 20 to 30 yard pitch shots. Now, obviously, if you're in a situation where there's multiple people, you're going to have to be careful of this. So you want to try to find, uh, go at a time when, when it's not as busy um, so that you're not going to be interfering with other people. And if you can't do it on a green, um, you know, the, the, the uh, pitching uh, part, then, you know, you can always find a spot maybe at the end of the range and just sort of uh, visually draw out uh you know, 20 yards, if you will, and, and kind of pitch it out to that spot. So pick a spot out in the, uh, in the range, if you will, that's roughly that distance. Uh, and then step two is 40. Uh, do the same thing, same three steps within that is uh, 40 feet on the practice screen, practice 40-foot lag putts, again, within that three-foot circle. Do the same thing, 40 feet from the pin, hit 40-foot uh, chip shots, and so on with the, uh, with the pitch shots as well. And then Pardon me, the last one is 60. Again, pacing off 60 um, for lag putts, 60 for chip shots, and 60 uh, for uh, pitch shots. And if you do that, and the idea is, is how you do this is one hour a week per month for each step. So you go every week for one hour, and you do that, and repeat the weekly steps for three months. Use the last week of each month to put what you've been practicing to work in your game. And the key is only to practice each step during the hour. So you don't want to practice all three in one hour. You, whatever week you're on, 
for that first time, you practice step one and so on and so forth. Don't mix them all together. And if you do that, what it's going to do is build a consistency over that 90-day period. And I guarantee it if you've done that, I've done that with a number of clients over the years. And Cindy, I want to get your thoughts on this because I think this would be an interesting challenge maybe with some of your junior students to try something. And you may do something similar to this. I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, what you think, would there be anything that maybe you would change in this? I've found it to be very, very <clears throat> successful. And I've actually done it myself over the years. And I'm actually going to do it again uh, here in short order because I'm getting ready to uh, head up to Michigan in uh, about a month and a half's time. And um, I'm thinking of putting this together for myself just to kind of tune up my game, if you will. What are your thoughts? I think it's great. I think it's um... – I don't understand the second 20-footer. Hit 20 feet. Yeah, so I'm I'm reading it right now, which is helpful because it's better to see it for me. Leg putt. Right. Get your 20-foot putt, 20 to 30, 20 feet from 20 feet, hit 20 putts within three feet. That's perfect. Right. But pace off 20 feet from the pin that's what you just were. So I think the second one is just a little confusing. I would just say well, second part is yeah, just 20 I, feet from the hole or 20 yards right. from the hole and then chip it up and try to chip them within three well, you feet. Wanna, but that's – go ahead. Yeah, what, the idea is, is from the pin is, is again, you want to go in a direction. Obviously, uh, you want to pick a pin and, and get off of the green uh, for your chip shots. Yeah, I needed to probably reword that a little bit differently because it is – I can understand why it would be confusing when you first look at it. But that's the idea is you want to – you want to work with that distance. So when you're on the green, obviously you're going to, you're going to pace off 20 feet and, and do 20-foot leg putts, 40-foot, so on and so forth. The second step, what you want to do is you want to come off the green um, and you want to be in a situation where you might be in the, in the, the first uh, cut around the green and in the, in the collar, if you will. Uh, it, it, that may be the situation. And you want to now chip the ball um, that same distance. So instead of putting it now, you want to be, put yourself in a position that you're going to have to uh, use a chip shot. And the idea is, again, those different distances you're going to be faced with out in the golf course. And then, of course, the last one uh, step in each category is now you're going to pitch it. You're going to be faced sometimes. You know, a lot of times, Cindy, people miss the green, and they might be 20 yards uh, one way or the other, back, front, side, whatever, um, and now they're faced with a 20-yard pitch shot. And people do not practice that kind of thing and the same thing with the 40 and the 60 60 might be a little bit more common for some but 20 and 40 for sure a lot of people don't practice that very few do anyways at least amateurs that i've uh, come across so the idea is if you organize yourself in a way through these steps essentially what you're going to do is you're going to create a pattern for practice because people go up there and, and Cindy, i know you've seen this if they're not with their instructor what they often do is they just kind of go, up, well, I'll hit a few chip shots, I'll hit a few of this, that, and there's no organization. So really what this 90-day challenge is, is a way of organizing each session into a specific category. So that way it forces you to work on one specific thing, not sitting there doing a thousand different things and not really getting the benefit of a good solid practice. So that's why um, doing each of those steps each week within the step allows you to work on a specific area for that time frame. Does that help to uh, clarify it? Yes, and it's an absolutely awesome idea. 
Well, I've, I found, you know, like I said, what I found with it, and I can't emphasize this enough, and I see this. I was actually just uh, this past weekend I didn't make it up, but uh, I was busy doing some other things. But the last couple of weekends, and you know as well as I do, Cindy, when you're, you know, when you're busy teaching and doing other things, we don't always get enough time in our own game. Uh, so when you do, you, you know, when you've got a few moments that you can slip away and, and either play or, or work on your game, uh, you do that. So the last couple of weekends, not this one, but two weekends before, I've, I've headed up to local course and you know, just kind of you know, piddling around with my own game a little bit. And I always like to observe. I always look around the range, and I don't interfere. You know, unless somebody comes and specifically asks me, I don't interfere. I don't you know, impose myself on anybody. But I'll watch people, and it's amazing. I'll see people that are getting ready to go out and play, and they're just, you know, they'll come up and tap two or three putts, and then they might go out and hit a couple of shots. They don't do anything with a sense of purpose. And I'll see other people that will spend an hour up on the range and, and really do nothing. You know, they'll hit a bunch of balls. They might go over the, you know, the putting surface and do a few putts, but there's no organization to it. So one of the criticisms that people have is to say, well, how do I get better? Well, if you watch most tour professionals, they do something. Again, they may have a different formula that they're using, but this is what a lot of them do is they, they put together a practice regime, something that's going to help them over a period of time. And obviously, they've got much more time to, to you know, adhere to it than what we would, but... Uh, or the average amateur would, but the idea is to create a formula that you can go out and practice and you know that, okay, when I go this week, this is what I'm going to be working on. When I go next week, this is what I'm going to be working on. And spending that full hour rather than just two or three minutes here and there or five minutes is going to actually really help you dial in on that. And again, over 90 days, I guarantee it because I've seen the results with, with many students. If you do it properly, you are going to see results. You're going to start scoring better because this is the area of the game that most people lack in. Your thoughts? Absolutely. The truth. End of story. Because everybody can hit the ball down the fairway, but the point is can you get yep. the, you know, that shot close to the green? And as Morgan said today, the best part of her game is putting. And I looked at her stats, and um, she hits an awful lot of greens too. Her driver isn't yep. straight, but she hits an awful lot of greens. Well, if you hit a lot of greens and you putt well, you're scoring well. Yeah. You know, the, well, so, yeah, you need to practice this. We all do. Busted. Well, and, and it goes, yeah, it goes to something that you said, uh, you know, in, in the closing moments uh, with her, and that is when you were out on tour, one of the things that was a real strength in your game was getting those ups and downs and recovery shots. You were able to recover when you didn't hit the ball maybe as well as you'd like. And see, this falls into that category as well. Because again, you know, most people, not everybody, but the majority of people that have been out and hit a golf ball a few times, they can hit it whether it's, you know, 100 yards, 150 yards, what have you. They can pretty much hit, for the most part, relatively straight. Um, and so they can hit the ball. That's not the issue. But when it gets around the green or approaching the green or what have you, that's where a lot of amateurs really fall short um, is that they don't have that, that um, sort of finesse, if you will, around the green. And it's because they don't practice it and they don't know how to practice. So I thought, you know what? So what I'm proposing to the listeners out there, if you're really struggling, uh, particularly with your short game, this 90-day challenge, I think, is a, a really good way um, certainly one of the ways, anyways, that I've uh, had some success with, with students and as well as m with myself in practicing. So what I'm going to actually do is I'm going to 
doctor it up a little bit, and I'm going to actually probably post it on social media so you can actually see what it looks like, and then you can just sort of print it off or copy it off. Because um, I know, as you said, Cindy, it's a little bit different. You know, sometimes you have to see everything in front of you. Uh, but I think this is a great way, and, I, and that's why I want to do it. As we're coming into the summer months, now is the time to take advantage. And you can do this in between. I mean, you know, obviously you want to get out there and you want to play and, and put it in. And that's why, you know, it talks about in the final week of each month, you want to really, you know, from the, the previous three weeks, whatever step you're working on, you want to really, you know, make sure uh, – you know that you're you're working this into your game. So if you're somebody that's really been struggling with those 20 foot putts or uh, 20 foot chip shots, when they're faced with that, you're going to be more confident now because you're going to have had some practice at it and you're going to have specifically worked on that. And the same thing with the other ones as you come through. But the idea is over 90 days, if you consistently work on these steps in the manner that I've laid out here, you'll find you'll start to see a vast improvement. And then you just you just incorporate that. You know, beyond the 90 days, when you get out in your practice sessions, yes, you've got to hit some balls down the range and, and work on your long game too. But if you work on these areas of the short game, that's where people lose the majority of the strokes is, you know, with that 60, 70 yards in is, and, and even in some cases 100 yards in, that's where they're losing most of the strokes because uh, most people can get to the green in two or three, but then once they get around there, everything just sort of goes south. And I think that's what, um, you know, people – now – I wanted to ask you, Cindy, do you do something similar when you're working, especially with some of your junior golfers? Um, what are some things that do you kind of put them through, a, maybe not exactly the same, but a similar challenge when you're uh, working with them on, on a longer, a long-term scale? Do you do anything similar to this? And, and here's the bottom line. The catch is that you absolutely have to work on your short game. I mean, you have to learn how to get it up and down. If you don't, uh, it's, you're just wasting your time, if you will. Um, so you absolutely have to work on this, and you have to make it fun, in my opinion, because nobody wants to stand there and be bored all day. So I think that this is almost right. making a game out of it, which is great, right. if you will. Um, yeah, so I think it's a great yeah. idea. Yeah, and, and, and as I mentioned in the, in, in the first step, and you can do this with all of them, really. I mean, obviously, you have to be you know, cognizant of, of people around you and things like that. But as I said, if, if, if your practice green is, is really busy all the time, uh, you know, certainly the putting is not a, an issue, but, uh, and even the chipping, but pitching might be a little bit more, especially if you're not a very good pitcher to begin with. So that's something, that part, the pitching, you can actually just sort of visually cue yourself out in the range and just kind of gauge approximately. I mean, obviously, there's markers. Um, a lot of ranges have a very short flag, so you can kind of use that and, and line yourself up and just sort of, you know, maybe halfway to it might be might be 40, a third of the way might be, you know, 20 uh, yards, that sort of thing. So you can kind of just approximately gauge as best you can. Uh, if you've got a range finder, that's even better. If, uh, you know, there's a lot of great range finders out there, and you can kind of measure things out that way. Um, but the idea is you want to be practicing this. And you're right, you can make a game out of it. And you can use, uh, you know, particularly with the putting and so forth, uh, you can use multiple directions to kind of mix things up. So it's not just hitting the same putt 20, 30 times. Uh, you're, you're trying different ways. So you might want to split it up. Let's say if you're going to hit 30, 20-foot lag putts, uh, you can split it into 10 and hit 10 going uphill, 10 coming downhill, and find 
uh, 10, you know, maybe this time is uh, as a, has a left-to-right break or, or a right-to-left break. So you can practice that same distance under a different variety of circumstances, and it gives you an idea because, again, I see people all the time. They get out and they get three feet from a pin on a practice screen, and they just tap a few of them in, and the next thing you know, they're going out in the round, and they get out there, and nothing's going right because they haven't really practiced anything. So I would strongly suggest anyone listening to the show this morning, um, again, I'll put this up through social media, but um, do this 90-day challenge, and I promise you, if you do it the way it's been laid out here, I guarantee it you will start to see a vast improvement in your short game. So um, on that note, if you have anything further, Cindy, uh, otherwise I, I think we're good and we can wrap up. I'm good, dear. I'm good. Perfect. Well, we want to thank, uh, once again, our very special guest, um, Morgan Metro, uh, for joining us this morning. And uh, we want to wish her all the best in her future. And uh, as mentioned earlier, there is not a Symmetra Tour event this week, so we won't have a guest next week So, uh, or from the Symmetra Tour. Uh, it won't be until the following week. But uh, we'll have a, another great guest on the second half, and we'll come up with another interesting topic. But we want to thank you for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf, and uh, much continued success. And congratulations again, Cindy, on, on you and Jamie and, and the rest doing a great job and raising money for a, a very worthwhile cause. Uh, you guys uh, know thank how to do you. it right at the Miller House. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Thank and you. I know that that's the yeah, I know cool. that the hospital is very. Yeah, I think it's great. Um, very uh, very excited. I watched some of the posts that you guys uh, put up through. Uh, uh, through that time, and um, I know uh, it, it's something that you guys enjoy doing and and um, and keep doing every year. So, congratulations on a job well done, and, and um, I think that's fantastic. You. Yeah, you got to right. give back. Yep, exactly. All right, everybody, thank you for joining us this week on the Women of Golf. We'll see you next week. God bless, and thank you again for joining us on the Women of Golf show. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf's Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash women of golf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.